I have your attention, please? At this time, I'd like to take a moment to review our boarding process with you. When the automatic doors have opened, please proceed directly across the ramp into the cabin. Continue to move all the way across your aisle, filling in every available seat. For your safety, all passengers are required to wear safety restraints throughout the flight. To fasten the restraint, pull the strap out from the right side of the seat and snap it into the console on your left. Galactic regulations require that all carry-on items be safely stowed beneath your seat. While on board, flash photography is not permitted. And please, no smoking at any time. If you have any questions, feel free to ask an attendant. You'll be boarding in just a few moments. Thank you, and have a pleasant tour. Star Tours announces the boarding of the Endor Express, non-stop star speeder service to the moon of Endor. All passengers, please prepare for immediate boarding. Hi, I'm Stitch. I'm nine years old, and my favorite thing to do that Star Wars in the Disney parks is Star Tours. Hi, I'm Sparrow. I'm 11 years old, and my favorite thing to do in the Disney theme parks that Star Wars related is the Jedi Training Academy with my friends. And I'm Tony, their Disney dad, and my favorite Star Wars experience in the Disney parks is Star Tours, but since that was taken, I'll say the launch bay. Welcome to Disney Discussions. Hello! Welcome to episode 44 of Disney Discussions. 44? Disney Discussions is a family-friendly podcast for me, Tony the Disney Dad, and my two boys. Sparrow! Discuss all things Disney. This week we have part two of our Star Wars series, where we're talking about Star Wars in the Disney parks. We're going to have some great podcast friends join us to talk about their experiences with Star Tours and Star Wars in the parks. Be sure to listen to part one, the episode before this, where we talked all about the Star Wars movies and what they mean to us. And then we'll have part three following this, where we talk all about Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge. Right. You guys ready to get right into it? Yeah. Yep. Let's get right into it and talk about Star Tours. Star Tours. Very good ride. (laughs) It is a very good ride. It's one of our favorites, right? Yes. I think the last time we went, we rode it like three or four times. times. Was it five? It was a lot of times. We actually did that because we wanted to get the different video thing. Yeah, we wanted to get the different And we got the same one every time. All right, so let's talk about it a little bit. Let's go into the history of Star Tours a little bit. Yes. The ride that became Star Tours first saw light as a proposal for an attraction based on the 1979 Disney live action movie, The Black Hole. So Star Wars came out, it was really popular, and all the movie, uh, movie studios wanted to make their own Star Wars. Yeah. So Disney tried with the black hole. I have not seen it, but from what I heard, it's pretty terrible. Uh, it would have been an interactive ride simulator attraction where guests would have had the ability to choose the route that they wanted. However, after preliminary planning, the black hole attraction was shelved due to its enormous cost. It would have cost $50 million at the time, as well as the movie being very unpopular. So instead of completely dismissing the idea of a simulator, the company decided to make use of a partnership between Disney and George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, that began in 1986 with the opening of Captain EO, which was a 3D music film they had with Michael Jackson that played for a long time. Disney then approached Lucas with idea for Star Tours. With Lucas's approval, Disney Imagineers purchased four military-grade flight simulators at the cost of $500,000 each and designed the ride structure. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but less than the $50 million from mm. 1979. Good point. 
So meanwhile, Lucas, Lucas and his team of special effects technicians at Industrial Light and Magic produced the first-person perspective film that would be projected inside the simulators. When both simulators and film were completed, a programmer then sat inside and used a joystick to synchronize the movement of the simulator with the apparent movement on the screen. So some guy had to ride this a few times and move the joystick the way he thought the the ship you're in should move to match the film. And that's how they actually programmed it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sitting there, just, oh, uh, turn left, turn right. (laughs) Oh no, I went left instead of right. Oh, start over. (laughs) But it's also kind of frustrating. Like if you just move it a certain way and mess up the whole thing. Yep. Turn. Uh oh. You crashed. <laughs> oh man, I messed up the ending. Start over. <laughs> On January 9th, 1987, I had a final cost of $32 million, almost twice the cost of building the entire park in 1955. The ride opened to throngs of patrons, many of whom dressed up in Star Wars ca- as Star Wars characters for the occasion. In celebration, Disneyland remained open for a 60 hour marathon from January 9th, 10 a.m. to January 11th at 10 p.m. On August 14th, 2010, Walt Disney World hosted the last Tour de Endor event exclusively for celebration attendees at Disney's Hollywood Studios from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. They had entertainment and focused the events on the last Tour of Endor, including they had George Lucas there, Character Appearance, Jedi Training Academy, the Death Star Disco, Bespin Stage Dance Party, Raiders of the Lost Jedi Temple of Doom, a fan <laughs> film of epic proportions, was uh, did a live show, Symphony of the Stars Fireworks, and Star Tour Shutdown Ceremony. Why did it shut down? Oh, we'll get to that. The Star Tour shutdown ceremony was a live show with characters C-3PO, R2-D2, Boba Fett, Darth Vader, and a few stormtroopers. Anthony Daniels? Um, probably his voice. I don't think he was in the actual suit. Culminating in the official power down of the original Disney World Star Tours attraction. However, instead of R2-D2 simply shutting it down, Boba Fett destroyed the ride's power supply using a thermal detonator. <gasps> The ride was still open after the shutdown ceremony until <laughs> September 7th, 2010, when the attraction held its final flight to Endor exclusive to D23 members. So they totally revamped this ride. We'll get into the old ride, and then we'll talk about what they did with the new ride. It's just funny. He destroys it. Okay, you yeah. guys. You yeah, can, keep going. You can go on come it. Come on. Come on. But open. you just destroyed it. That was just like fireworks, though, like yeah. low fireworks. Exactly. Exactly. Sparklers. <laughs> More than sparklers, I hope. Advertised as the ultimate Star Wars adventure, Star Tours put the guests in the role of a space tourist en route to the forest moon of Endor, the site of the climactic battle of Return of the Jedi, via the Star Tours travel agency. Much was made of this throughout the ride queue, which was designed to look like a spaceship boarding terminal. Posters advertised voyages to different planets, and a giant screen informed riders of the benefits of going to Endor. The area was stocked with audio animatronic characters that seemed to speak to the ride patrons, including C-3PO and R2-D2, as well as a life-size mock-up of a Starspeeder 3000, the, the ship you would ride yeah. in a ride was there. Right there. Yep. Thank you. According to the book Disneyland Detectives, the figure of C-3PO and R2-D2 in the Disneyland attraction were actual props from the original movies, modified to be audio animatronics. No, imagine, I want to touch it, just jumps over the railing. <laughs> just, <laughs> get kicked out and go to Disney jail for that. Guests then entered a maintenance area where an apparently underproductive G2 droid performed repairs on another droid while being distracted by the observing guest. And another droid inadvertently pointed out all the supposed flaws of the Starspeeder 3000 and its RX pilot. The G2 droids were in fact animatronic skeletons of two geese from the Tomorrowland attraction America Sings. 
A ride attendant escorted a guest to one of several loading stations. A television screen above the queue displayed a countdown of takeoff time and showed images of the Starspeeder 3000 spacecraft being serviced. At launch time approached, a safety video was shown with Star Wars aliens and Disney Imagineers and their families in it and instructed guests what to do. I like that video. As the door shut, the bumbling pilot droid of the, of the ship, RX-24, or Rex, voiced by Paul Rubens, also known as Pee Wee Herman, and Rex is going to make an appearance in Galaxy's Edge, which we'll talk about in the next podcast. Also voiced by Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. He came back to voice it. Yay! Yeah. And also R2 was loaded onto the spacecraft. Welcome aboard. This is Captain Rex from the cockpit. I know this is probably your first flight, and it's mine too. <laughs> well, it looks like we're going to have a smooth flight to Endor, so I'll go ahead and open the cockpit shield. There. I see they're loading our Navigator R2-D2, and then we'll be on our way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Rex lowered the cockpit shield, and the hangar crew activated the flight platform. All went well until a slight mistake on Captain Rex's part sent the Starspeeder crashing into the maintenance bay doors and plummeting into the maintenance yard. They just barely crashed into the control room and nearly collided with a giant mechanical arm. I meant to do that. A little shortcut. <laughs> Once in space, Rex asked R2-D2 to make the jump to light speed. However, the ship accidentally passed the indoor moon and instead got caught up inside of a comet cluster. The what ship, does that mean? A comet cluster? A, a big group of comets. I thought you said comic cluster. Oh, not comic books. No. no. <laughs> <That'd> be... <laughs> ah, comic books everywhere. I want everybody to stick your hand out. This is real free comic book day. <laughs> hey, it's Star Wars Vader comic. Got it. R2, we passed the indoor moon. The ship got hit by several comets before getting trapped in one of the larger comets. The Star Speeder weaved its way through the comet and escaped by crashing through one of the walls. It was kind of similar to Empire Strikes Back when they're in mm-hmm. the comet and the worm tries to oh. eat them. <sighs> Upon escaping the comet, however, the ship encountered a Star Destroyer of the Imperial Remnant. The Star Speeder got caught in its tractor beam, but managed to get loose when a New Republic X-Wing fighter provided assistance by destroying the tractor beam's generator. Soon, the Star Speeder accompanied the Republic fleet on assault on the Death Star 3. Later revealed by Leland Chi in 2013 to be a habitation sphere disguised as the Death Star in a plot by the Imperial Warlord to distract the New Republic. So they're trying to write out that there there was no Death Star 3. No, no, that, that didn't actually happen. Rex used the Star Speeder's laser to eliminate several TIE fighters, while a Republic pilot destroyed the Death Star in the same manner as Luke Skywalker by firing two torpon, torpon, proton torpedoes into the exhaust port. The X-Wings jumped to light speed as a Death Star exploded, and a final light speed jump sent the Star Speeder back to spaceport, nearly colliding with a fuel truck in the hangar and sending a Star Tours employee ducking under his desk. As the cockpit shield raised and cut off Rex as he apologized for the near-fatal flight, C-3PO instructed the passengers on the exit procedure and thanked them, oblivious to the perils they faced. Hey! Sorry, folks! I'm sure to do better next time! It was my first flight, and I'm still getting used to my programming! Hey! 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 Now here's the big 
captain has opened the exit doors. You may then unlatch your safety restraints by pressing the release button on your left. Oh, and do make sure you have your personal belongings. Thank you. Goodbye. And then you got off right into the gift shop. The gift shop. Which is a cool gift shop. Really cool. Tatooine Traders, I think. Tatooine Trading Post. Yeah. So that's the original Star Tours. I don't think you guys ever got to ride that, no, right? I want I want to ride it. Yeah, I wonder if they'll ever bring that back for a special night. But I got Sounds to ride cool. it once, once I think. And it was fun. Let's hear from our friends from the Disney DNA podcast. Cassie from Disflix and Tidbits. Dingus Bringus. Tom and Michelle from the Hyperion Adventures podcast. And Jody Mayberry on what they love about Star Tours. So mine is, I like the idea of getting to wear 3D glasses and getting to ride in a simulator of what it would be like to like be in space and ride in spaceship. And my favorite part is when we're in hyperdrive, because it's just really cool. Jenny? Honestly, it's not my favorite. I am starting to develop motion sickness, so... It's one that sometimes I get off the attraction a little queasy. I do feel like it's kind of outdated. I know they have updated the different scenarios you're in, but I feel like the attraction itself is slightly outdated. Brooklyn? I like it, but it needs to be remodeled and updated. Man, y'all are so hard. <laughs> I actually enjoy riding this attraction because it has a different scene. So when you ride it, it's a different experience, sort of, with the visuals. And I also am very determined to one day be that rebel spy, which I've never yes. had a chance to be. So I really, really like Star Tours. My memories are mostly filled with the earlier version of Star Tours with Rex. Yeah, remember Rex? He was voiced by Paul Rubens, and he piloted the Endor Express. I was very scared as a kid of roller coasters, so going on it was a big deal for me. I fell in love with it as soon as I got on, and it was actually my first introduction to Star Wars. Yes, I rode Star Tours before ever watching any of the films. I think I was like six years old, so that's about the right time to watch Star Wars, I think. Uh, the new Star Tours, I only got to ride once, but I loved it. I, I loved how they updated everything. It feels like it feels a lot more rough and interactive with and you can feel like all the, the thrusts and turns and everything more so than the previous version that I wrote as a kid. I was actually suffering serious vertigo during that time, but I wasn't going to allow that to keep me from riding this ride because I've been waiting forever for the update. So I put on my big girl pants and I rode it and I was definitely sick afterwards, but I, it was totally worth it. <laughs> it's my favorite ride of any park ever. And just the way that it makes you feel like you're going through the Star Wars universe is spectacular. The first time I went on Star Tours when I was younger, I didn't really like it. I wasn't a fan of those kind of rides. But when I went back on again when I was older, I really, really enjoyed it. And I can't think of any experience at any theme park that has been as amazing as Star Tours. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and 
actually have loved the different variations of Star Tours, but uh, I also find a couple fun things about it. Like when you and I are going on it, a lot of times we'll have a little wager of which area we're going to end <laughs> what up What land at. are we going to? Exactly. So What's that's always a, system? a fun little thing to do. And obviously, when right now, when you're getting to see some glimpses of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, that's fun too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little tip out there, if your height is less than average... Michelle's a little <laughs> vertically challenged yes. if you don't know her. <laughs> Then uh, when you when you're going in, request if the, if they're um, able to accommodate you to the back row because there if the seats are a little higher, so your feet can dangle and you get a little bit more motion and a little bit more fun from that ride. Michelle loves the back row; it's hilarious. I do. It's hilarious. Also, we've been the Rebel Spy a couple times, which That's is right. really really cool. Uh, I love about it is that you know it's it's you know obviously they're doing a lot of times that the new thing now where they're going through the actual Star Wars movies and then leading into Galaxy's Edge into Batu and stuff. But a lot of times it is a different story every time you go in there because right. you're going to different lands. Except for one time when my son Nick <laughs> and I went on there and we had like five straight times where we got the same two lands, which was uh, crazy and it was funny and hilarious to us. But I uh, really love it. We love Star Tours so much. Star Tours is really fun because it takes you into the movie. It brings some of these characters that we love so much and it puts you in a ride in a ship with them and it's humorous and it's active and it brings you right there. We, we always love it. And one time I was actually selected as the stowaway and that's always fun, isn't it? When you're the one that gets picked. Well, that was interesting. In April, 2005 at star Wars celebration three. So star Wars celebration is like the, the comic con for star star oh. Wars. Creator George Lucas confirmed that A Star Tours 2 was in production. And then in May 2009, four years later, Slash Film reported that filming for the new version of Star Tours was underway in Hollywood, California. During pre-production, one of the locations that Imagineers wanted to visit was the ice planet of Hoth, while it was under siege by Imperial Walkers. However, the idea was quickly scraped because it would interfere with the attraction's placement in the Star Wars timeline. So a lot of them had discussions of where does this fit in into the timeline. So this takes place in the SWU? The Star Wars universe? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So in 2009, D23 Expo in Anaheim, Walt Disney Imagineering announced that Star Tours at Disneyland and Hollywood Studios would be closed on October 2010, that ceremony we talked about, Mm -hmm. be renovated and reopened in May and June of 2011 as Star Tours 2. The updated ride system would consist of high-definition video, Dolby 3D high-definition screen, an improved motion simulator, as well as several other newly added special effects. And Rex, and Re- gone. Rex was gone. And a short teaser showed pod racing scene similar to episode one, and people got really excited. And a new red color Star Speeder 1000. The attraction in Florida began soft openings on May 14th, with the official opening midnight May 20th, 2011. The attraction in Anaheim began soft openings on May 20th, with the official opening on June 3rd, 2011. They also have it in Tokyo Disneyland as well. No other parks, though? There's only three parks that have it? Uh, Disneyland Paris has it also. But it's like, is it different? No, it's the same thing. Except yeah. with in French. Right. Au revoir. So, and it was later named Star Tours The Adventure Continues. Cool. In 2012, it was awarded the Most Outstanding Attraction Refresh by the Theme Park Entertainment Association. And then in 2015, they announced at D23 that the adventure theme to The Force Awakens would be added to the attraction. 
and then a new adventure would come. You would go to Crate, and the Last Jedi would be added in 2017. True, and a Batu sequence as well, mm-hmm. where you land in the actual land of Galaxy's Edge. That would be so yeah. cool if they moved it, and like you land and then you walk. You get of Star off and get, yeah. People have talked about that, but it's impossible. Yeah, we're not sure how that's going to happen. Unless they change it to make it like a roller coaster, but <laughs> inside it and it's like still RV, and you actually and it's you don't think you're moving, but you're actually moving into right, and then you go into it and you come out it's like oh, that's a cool idea. Disney, if you're listening, do it. <laughs> but don't make the roller coaster part too crazy, like gentle, so you don't really feel it. <laughs> What's the point? So you actually move. You you just want to move. You want to be yeah. in there and you move and yeah. and you land in. Yeah, Batu. That would yeah. be cool. Do it. So kind of like the um. So make it more like the the, the Hogwarts Express in Universal yes. Studios. Yeah. yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So with make a transportation, transportation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, the cabies. All right. So let's talk about um, the changes that were made. So the ride sequence now with Star Tours The Adventure Continues is randomized. So guests riding Star Tours will experience four out of 13 different segments, with some segments offering slight variations during each journey. This gives Star Tours the advantage of being both highly repeatable and constantly surprising. Mm -hmm. Even though guests can experience different journeys, the main priority is always delivering a rebel spy to safety. So the rebel spy is chosen from among the guests on board and their photos displayed on the screen. And each of us got to be a rebel spy. And that's on the same day, I think, right? We wrote, that's the day we wrote it four or five times. And then we were each picked to be the rebel spy, which is pretty cool. Mom never went on, so she was never picked. No, she went on the she first on time. I first said. time, yeah, yeah. and, and that was when go you like got five picked. more times. That I was, was I was picked you... the first time. Yeah, and then Sparrow picked second. So there are eighteen random segments of the film: four opening segments, four primary destinations, and six six hologram messages, and four ending destinations. When combined, this allows for three hundred eighty-four different possible ride experiences. Cool. So we'll we'll go. With, you guys want to go through the ride a little bit? Do the um, options. The answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is the stars. No. What? Oh yeah. No. Podcast over. <laughs> the Star Speeder One Thousand takes off. Although C three PO protests, he is not the captain as the ship is about to leave Star Tours Terminal. So this this um, happens where C three PO is accidentally your pilot. Rex is in the queue. Yes. You can see a version of him, and I wonder if they'll take him out if he's going to be an animatronic, not an animatronic, but like a statue of him. A non-moving robot is in the queue. The queue is really cool. We'll talk about that at the end. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. Star Tours, 1401, you are cleared for departure. 1401, that's us. We can't take off. The captain isn't on board. Auto takeoff sequence initiated. Excuse me, you don't seem to understand. I am not the captain. I am C-3PO. 1401, cleared for takeoff. Contact departure on frequency 429. Wait, wait. R2-D2, I am not programmed to fly these things. Now just turn us around this instant before we get into trouble. Uh, the first option for the opening scene is Darth Vader, Imperial Stormtroopers, Sky Troopers, and sometimes uh, Boba Fett is with them, arrive to arrest the rebel spy aboard the speeder. Vader uses a force grip to keep the speeder from escaping. The star speeder fires its lasers at the Sith Lord, who deflects them with his lightsaber, allowing the shuttle to make a rapid exit backwards out of the hangar, boing, boing. and TIE fighters <laughs> chase after it. The star speeder then makes a jump to light speed. Or... 
You can get an Imperial probe droid attaches to the windshield and detects the presence of the rebel spy on the star speeder. And at the same moment, Han Solo facing detention by the empire opens fire on a platoon of stormtroopers and races up the boarding ramp of the millennium Falcon. The Falcon lifts off and launches out of the hangar with the star speeder in hot pursuit. After a few maneuvers, the Falcon jumps away and the star speeder shoots down a couple tie fighters, takes a few shots at the star destroyer, causing severe damage to the bridge and then jumps to light speed. And then you also have the option, the same as the Darth Vader one with first order stormtroopers or Kylo Ren. Cool. Which one's your favorite? Um, Han Solo. Han Solo? Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Han Solo and I don't really get. So while the probe droid is on there, you can see in the background Han Solo yeah. running. Pew, 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 pew. And it's still on there. It's like hard to see because the probe droid's right there. It's like... Exactly. And then, pew. Oh, I can see now. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yep. Okay. That's my favorite variation. We've gotten the Darth Vader one a lot. Yeah. There's also... I saw some reports. I don't remember this. That... Um, the second segment with Han Solo, they have another version with Rey instead of Han Solo. So that's interesting. So I'm not, I don't think we saw that one. No. Yeah. Prepare to be boarded, Captain. I'm afraid there's been a terrible mistake. I am seeing. We know you have this rebel spy on you. I've never seen that man before. Okay. Gotta go. Don't underestimate my power. Go! Go! I want that spy. After jumping to light speed, the star speeder arrives at its primary destination. So here are some the options we get here. The star speeder almost crashes on, on Hoth amid a battle between rebel and imperial imperial adats. Here's a question. Do you say adats or AT ATs? Adats. Adats, yeah. After entering the combat zone against orders, the adat fires at the star speeder and the ship crashes in the snow, teetering on the edge of a cliff. The ship falls over the side and rides through the canyon like a like a luge, launching off another cliff and free-falling in a deep canyon. At the last second, R2-D2 re-engages the engines and the star speeder rockets back into space. Good job keeping safe that rebel spy. Yeah. The other option we have is you get to, you go on Tatooine and it becomes part of the Boonta Eve classic pod race along with Sabobo! 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's the main pod racer from episode one. Where I he throws the wrench at Anakin. I've never, I've never seen episode one, so I have no what? idea who you're talking about. You've seen it. You just don't remember. And then you get a bunch of other pod racers. Um, the pod racers crash into the canyon wall. The star speeder collides with Team Toe something pod racer, and the two become stuck together. The race concludes with the enhanced star speeder overtaking Saboba, then jettisoning the pod racer and flying back into space, narrowly missing the filled grandstands. Saboba! Uh, another option is you land on Kashyyyk as the scout troopers riding in the speeder bikes pursue Chewbacca and the Wookiee warrior on a, a vehicle through the lush forest. At one point, Chewbacca falls off from the back of the, the vehicle and hits the star speeder windshield before sliding off. I think we've, we've gotten that one where like Chewbacca's holding on to the front of the yeah. ship. Yeah. Chewbacca. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> nope. So I guess there's more than three options, each in what I read. So another one is you land on Jakku, which I think this was added for Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. where it follows the Millennium Falcon with Finn on board as it pursues a TIE fighter over the desert landscape. The Star Speeder crash lands within the remains of the Star Destroyer, where scavengers pry the Star Tourist logo off the Star Speeder. Oh, we saw this. We got this one. And then you get into space. So then now you have other options. So after the Star Speeder returns to space, a hologram transmission of either Admiral Akbar. Princess Leia, Yoda, Poe Dameron, Maz Kanata, or BB-8 
confirms that there's a rebel spy on board and says that coordinates have been sent to R2-D2. A transmission? Now what? I am Princess Leia of Alderaan. We've placed a rebel spy vital to the survival of the rebellion into your star speeder. You must see him safely delivered to the coordinates I'm transmitting to your R2 unit. This is our most desperate hour. Help me start tours. You're my only hope. Three times we did it. We got Poe, Leia, and Akbar. Yeah. I want BB-8. Maybe next time. It's just beep, 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 beep. Despite C-3PO's protest, R2-D2 takes the speeder to the location's coordinates. So then you get some more options that you mm. go to. You could does arrive. No. No, no. It just does it random. Star Speed arrives in the upper atmosphere of the Battle of Coruscant, where you fight uh, the Army of the Public's clone troopers. Buzz droids are projected on the Star Speeder, which attach themselves to the windshield, but R2 uses electric shock to blast them off. Damages the stabilizers. The Star Speeder then plummets through the planet's atmosphere into the bustling sky traffic of the city planet. After several near misses, the Star Speeder careens to a halt on a landing platform nearly hitting a fuel tanker before crashing into a traffic control droid. I like this. Yeah. You could also uh, go to Naboo, which is under attack by the last Trade Federation. So actually reading all this, I don't think this ride is actually in Star Wars canon because you're actually going through different errors of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Attacked by the last Trade Federation armies. Uh, three N1 Naboo starfighters are ordered to lead the Star Speeder into the hangar bay, but are shot down by vulture droids. Another vulture droid shoots down the Star Speeder and it plummets into the ocean of the planet and arrives near the Gungan city, sideswiping and smashing into Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks! Miso so sorry. After the Gungans order the Star Speeder to follow the ship that will lead them through the planet's core, uh, you see a sea killer fish attacks the guy, but not before being eaten by another sea monster. Mm. There's always a bigger fish. The Star Speeder then surfaces, skipping over the water onto the repair hangar with Starfighter debris. There'd be cool if there was one where um for Rogue One. Rogue One isn't cool. It's cool, but not as that cool. But it'd be cool if you like crashed out and then like it's the the explosion's about to get to you and you just take off last minute and then the whole planet explodes. Yeah, that'd be cool. So there's another one where you discover the uncompleted Death Star uh, orbiting Geonosis, and you're ambush, ambushed by Boba Fett aboard the, the Slave One. Uh, you dodge laser fire, exploding asteroids before venturing into the Death Star, escaping through a hangar bay. The Star Speeder is confronted again by the bounty hunter Boba Fett, and he launches a sonic bomb, which deflects back a laser blast from the Star Speeder, crippling the bounty hunter, allowing the Star Speeder to jump to light speed, and it reaches the Rebel fleet and Boba lands Fett. aboard a Mon Calamari cruiser. And then you get one where you arrive at Crate and descend into the planet's carnivorous red crystal mines. Escaping the mines, the Star Speeder flies over the salt flats, being instructed by Poe Dameron to assist the Resistance in their siege against the First Order led by General Hux. Providing a, a successful offense in favor of the Resistance, the Star Speeder lands to Batuu and touches down safely. And then C-3PO thanks the guests. Star Tours, we were concerned about you. Is our agent safe? Safe, but perhaps a little shaken. We are grateful you made it. You are all heroes of the rebellion. I'd rather like the sound of that. Now be careful out there, all of you. The Empire is watching. Pardon me, but how do we get back to a Star Tours terminal? Hello? Hello? Please remain seated until the captain has opened the exit doors. You may then unlatch your safety restraints by pressing the release button on your left. 
Make sure you have all your personal belongings as you exit. Thank you for flying Star Tours. Bye-bye. What are your thoughts on Star Tours? I think it is a good ride. It's a really good ride. Good it's one ride. of my favorites. Not my favorite. It it's definitely in my top a, five, though. Top five. It is and going to be the best Star Wars ride. It's going to be the best Star Wars ride? Mm. I do not want any ride to replace the bestness of it. Okay. <laughs> I like to use on proper English. <laughs> That's fine. I think the Millennium Falcon ride is going to beat this, though. Yeah. Like, you get a pilot, like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but what a, something that freaks me out is, like, people, like, the animatronic people in the costumes, they know if you, like, crashed it or something, yeah. and they're like, hey, you well, you crashed don't, it. Yeah. An old person walks up. We'll talk about that during... We'll talk about that during the Galaxy's Edge podcast. I love Star Tours. I have great memories of going on Star Tours with you guys, us being the Rebel Spies. I like that it's different every time um, you ride it. You get a randomized characters and effects and planets you go to. And again, the queue is so amazing in Star Tours. Like it actually looks like you're going into a space airport and Mm -hmm. all the droids around. And even there's Easter eggs when they looks like they're scanning your body um, as you walk through. And there's other aliens you could see. And it's I love this ride. Rex, like you said. Yep, there's Rex there. Not the Fortnite skin. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear from our second set of podcasters about their love for Star Tours. We're going to hear from Go Mouse Scouts podcast, Justin from the Monday Morning Monorail podcast, Matt from the Love of the Mouse podcast, the Capture the Magic podcast, Kingdom to Kingdom, and Craig and Michael from Connecting with Walt. I love Star Tours. I do too. I have the whole original, the whole original spiel, you know, yeah, memorized, and I have it as an audio file on my iPod. Okay, so this is this is funny when when Megan and I were dating. She had made me a uh, a mixtape, only it was a mixed CD <laughs> of Star Wars or not Star of Disney sounds like Disney parks sounds and audio, and the the original Star Tours um, track was on that, and so I would drive around town as I was delivering pizzas <laughs> with that going, and it, it made the time go by much much faster. And uh, it was much more enjoyable. <laughs> Hopefully, it didn't make your driving crazy, though, because you know. Well, <laughs> it's okay. I, I had uh, I had green lasers on my uh, X wing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Kia Rio. <laughs> <laughs> Kit, what do you think about Star Tours? Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's gonna be your favorites, huh? Mm-hmm. That's often your must do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Next time we'll choose to do it twice, and we'll do one time with that. <laughs> oh how nice okay all right that next time good. he says he'll do it one time with dad and one time with me there you go party on when star tours came to the parks and i actually got to experience one of my favorite movie franchises in ride form and kind of walk around that mock set that they have set up there with the adat and the ewok village and then go in and actually see R2-D2 and C-3PO and and experience some of those exciting space battles and and even do a trench run on Star Tours as part of the actual ride adventure. It was a thrill. It always has been for me. And I enjoyed it even before they added the, you know, started incorporating some of the new movies into it and added the variation. I would have ridden that ride over and over again regardless. But now, of course, it's even better. 
Star Tours is my favorite experience in the Disney parks currently. I know that will change once Galaxy's Edge opens. I think just the land overall will be my favorite eventually. But as of now, Star Tours takes the number one spot for Star Wars experiences. And I would have to say because of the... Well, right now, it's really the only ride for Star Wars. But other than that, it's because you can experience different things each time you ride it. I haven't been lucky enough to do that my past few trips, where I feel like I've gotten the same scenes with Jar Jar Binks every single time, which is extremely unfortunate because... Me, like many, are not fans of Jar Jar. But other than that, I think uh, overall Star Tours is a great ride. It's very fun, especially if you're riding with somebody for the first time and it's their first time experiencing it. I know that it does get a little bit of flack for the motion sickness and that kind of experience is daunting to some people. But overall, I really enjoy it. And that's definitely one of my favorite things in the Disney parks when it comes to Star Wars. Well, I like that they put the new scenes in because forever it was the same... It was the same scenes, like the same storyline and everything. So I like that they put the new stuff from the movie in. Uh, however, it's been a while since I've been on it. It does make me a little nauseous. <laughs> um, and it kind of uh, hurts my head a little bit. So I can't really write it anymore. So <laughs> those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> she does have pretty bad motion sickness. I do. Um, you know, I've always liked Star Tours. It's one of those that's kind of... it's It's been there as long as I can remember going to Disney. So it's been one that you can always... Be like, I can ride that and it, it's fun. I do think it's probably uh, not there in five to ten years. I kind of think with Galaxy's Edge opening up, um, it's going to be kind of weird just having the Star Wars ride that's outside Galaxy's Edge that's getting older. So um, while I do enjoy it and I think for what it was for the time period it was there, it was great. It's probably going to go away. So and with Galaxy's Edge stuff going in, I, I don't think I'm going to be too upset about it. Um, there is some nostalgia there. I think Star Tours, as it was once called, made more sense when it was a little sillier, when it was like the, you know, the, the, the tour ship gone, gone awry, right. uh, you know, a, a little goofier. And I think, as I mean, that's still the on, premise of the, the I mean, attraction. sure, but they, they, they've leaned out of that a little bit. It's not quite as silly as it, as it once was. Yeah. yeah that's I, fair. Yeah. I think with the, with, with DJ Rex yeah, or just Rex. Yeah. 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 Soon to be a DJ. Sure. Uh, and, and I think uh, I think where they've gone to is really fun. It's always like my wife, Erin, uh, uh, finally got to be the spy. Uh, I know, was that on this time. last trip. I got to do that. And that's still like thrilling. You know, it I feels like, you know, I'm famous. I'm the I, spy. Yeah, I still have no idea how that is chosen or what. Like, if there is someone that chooses that or... Right, if it just, you know, zeroes like, in on a random seat, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I made the worst face in the hopes that I would be chosen if it, uh, if that is a criteria for being chosen, and I was. Yeah. So I was very excited to see my very bad face that I made. It was very fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Now, in past episodes of Connecting with Walt, we've talked about that first meeting between Disney CEO Ron Miller and George Lucas at the Silverado Winery in 1984 to talk about bringing Star Wars into Disneyland while Ron's wife, you know, Diane Disney Miller, served chicken salad sandwiches. So, Craig, you, you mentioned riding on Star Tours. Do you believe that provides a quality experience for guests who want to enter that Star Wars universe? A little bit controversial on this i would say the original iteration of the version absolutely did it was classic in every 
every way, shape, and form of it. And I, I will fight anyone and say, even up to the day that they closed it down, that it still held up in every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way that you still watch the the original three movies, and just because they're using all these practical practical effects to bring the stories to life uh and these obviously the special effects that went into it like it's it has a realism that still holds up to this day because of it and that's that's what original star tours did for me too it's it always felt 100 percent real when you know when i watch episode four new hope and and we get to the final battle and they're doing the runs through the trench of the Death Star, like being able to ride that on Star Tours was was just the absolute best. It was it was a great experience, and I I still do love Star War- Star Tours. The adventure continues. Uh, I just don't I don't like the randomness of it. I think that's what kills me when I get when I get an order that makes complete sense. I I love it. Like for example, the the one that. Uh, that was kind of the lockdown. The only one that you would get right after the last Jedi opened up was you would go from, uh, you would go from being on Jakku and having the, the scene with the millennium Falcon and, and Ray and, and Finn flying in it to then cutting to a scene that included BB eight in the middle, uh, talking about the rebel spy and stuff and then from there going into the last jedi sequence and for that like okay i'm on board because it's it all keeps everything together in the same timeline uh, Mm -hmm. for the most part but i don't like when you're bouncing around from prequel trilogy stuff to to then going from there to to the original trilogy in a way it just it's it's a little too sloppy now, and if there's one thing that true Star Wars fans are, it's very particular about muddling and meddling with details like that. And so the original one, if they could ever convert it back, even for like one week only, one month, one year, oh my gosh, I, w- I would spend every day riding that. But <laughs> the new version's not awful either, though. <laughs> Yeah, limited time magic. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll do that. You know, bring that back someday. Uh, I like the, I like all the versions, all the iterations of it. I don't mind the randomness of it. I I find that exciting. Like, oh, it's going to be different. Where are we going to go? Take me there. And uh, so, but you know, now if they did that for Star Trek, where we went from original series to next generation to Voyager to Enterprise, all in one. I would have a really rough time with that. Yeah. So I can identify. I, I fully appreciate what you what you are saying, but um, I it doesn't bother me. I love it. So th- this is this is just such a fun attraction. All right, thanks everyone for that. Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> You're so gonna do that. Every Star time. Tours is not the only attraction or thing you could do Ooh. that's based on Star Tours. Oh yeah. There's lots of other things and we'll talk a little bit about those. Star Tours is the main one. They used to have Star Wars weekends. They started in yeah. uh, 97 and ended in 2015 at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So they would have weekends. I think in the beginning it started as one weekend yeah. and then it went to like a month of weekends where they would have Star Wars actors, people dressed up, different events, different merchandise. I remember hearing about that when we went. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, we never got to experience that, but th- no. those are really cool. The actual actors? Like yeah. You can meet them? Yep. 
And of course, the the Jedi Training Academy. Yeah, which is you guys got to do that. Sparrow, you got to do it twice. Twice, not three. No, twice. We didn't do it the third time, remember? And then you got to do it stitched. What are your thoughts about that? Really great. Donald and Goofy, they went to the Star Wars Training Academy, and then Darth Vader came out, and and there were they like they had all the kids there, and then just Darth Vader, and the person training the kids was like, "Don't worry, the balance of the Force is leaning towards." Us. And then Kylo Ren rocked out and says, "There is no battle balance of the Force." Mm. So that's the updated version, which we never got to do, where they added Kylo oh, Ren yeah. and even the Seventh Sister. We did the one where you guys this got the seventh history. from Rebels. Oh yeah, but we did the ones where you guys got to fight Darth Vader. Yeah, you get it's cool. You get a pin, you get a certificate. It's cool. We did it with our friends too. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And I, I like at the end of uh, the one with Darth Vader. Oh, uh, which way do we go? Swiss the stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, not that way. Not that way either. Uh hi. Uh hi. You need help? Yeah. Yeah, so they add some comedy to it where yeah. the the Jedi has to open the uh, the, doors the doors for the stormtroopers. It was that, really good, and even it, even the outside of Star Tours we didn't talk about with the big at at. Yeah, that shoots water. During the summer, it shoots So I, I hope they have something like that in Galaxy's, um, Galaxy's Edge, some sort of Jedi training, because I know it's cl- it closed down in Disneyland. I think Disney World still has it. Yeah, but doesn't you have to go up to like twelve and then? Yeah, once you're over the. Over the age of 12, you can't do it. Okay. Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland and Disneyland Paris have done Hyperspace Mountain, where they change Space Mountain to be Star Wars themed, where they play the Star Wars music. And uh, I think they do projections of like TIE fighters and stars in Space Mountain, which seems pretty cool. I never got a chance to do that. Then they changed Jedi training to Trials of the Temple, right? So you fight Darth Vader. That's what we talked about. Kylo Ren, Seventh Sister. They even have the voice of Yoda talk to you guys, which is really cool. You get lots of good pictures too. If you ever yes. do that and you get you have the photo pass, you get lots of cool pictures from that. They have the lunch bay. Yeah. What did you guys think of the lunch bay? It was lunch really bay. cool. It was really cool. They had like a prop, like a life size race speeder. Yeah, it's like a really cake. cool. It was, it was really cool. And we met Kylo Ren and Chewbacca. Yeah, I love the character interactions. Um, meeting Chewbacca, Kylo Ren, and now they have a BB-8 you can meet. But they even have. Um, the stormtroopers walking around in there. Oh you yeah, mess I remember. Around. Like yeah. I got the tank off, and they're like you're coming with us. Yeah. I was like, you put it up to. It, I was like, slow down, because they they recorded voices, and it didn't really make sense. I was like, okay. slow what do you guys, down. What else about Launch Bay? What's so? What's in Launch Bay? You have props from the movies. Yeah. Um, oh, they have like they had like the broken lightsaber from Force Awakens. I think it was not broken. Uh, they had like. Luke's like yeah, they yeah, had they all, had, the like, all the lightsabers. All the lightsabers, Ahsoka's. They, they even has Ezra's yeah lightsaber. Yeah, right. yeah, from Rebels, like yeah. Ahsoka's. Even yeah. it was really cool. I really like Launch Bay. Yeah, and I think every time a movie comes out, they add more effects. more from the movie. Yeah, they, I know they have like a movie that kind of goes through the Star Wars saga. We've never watched that because we've seen the movie no, so yeah. much. We haven't watched that. They should make it a restaurant where you can meet people and call it the Lunch Bay. <laughs> oh. oh, and the Jawas. Yeah, oh, that's you right. You can have they don't, junk and trade with you. Yeah, they don't do that anymore, but no. they, they used to have the Jawas walk around in the launch bay and you could trade things with them and they'll we give you to stuff. We tried them a happy birthday pin. Like, yeah, they didn't want it. 
And they also have the Star Wars Galactic Spectacular. Yeah, we watched that on YouTube. Yes. It, it was really cool. Yeah, so they do the projections on the uh, the Chinese theater, and they yeah. have some fireworks, which is really cool. Yeah. They also have a show during the day that they do. The, Galaxy Far, Far Away. Yep, which opens in front. They have a, a stage that moves that goes in front of the Great Movie Ride, and it starts out with Stormtroopers, Captain Phasma, you mean PP-8, Chewbacca, Ray. so that seems like a lot of fun. Uh, yep. Oh, I remember when we saw the march of them. It was fun. Oh, and then, cool. like, ten minutes later, we were in a restaurant. We heard it. It was like, <gasps> Poppy was like, what's that? And we were like, uh, I don't know. And then you were like, it's the marching again. <laughs> and I was like, let's go see them. Oh, yeah, that's another one. They do the march of the yeah. stormtroopers, stormtroopers, I think, like, almost every 45 minutes down yeah, um, the main road. Leading them. Yeah, them. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, like, we were in the restaurant. We heard the marching. And I was like... You're like, that's the marching gun. We were like, I was like, let's go see them again. <laughs> Stitch, why don't you talk about our next sponsor? Our next sponsor is Vader's Elevator Service, run by Darth Vader's wife, Elevator. They go so high, you're in the sky. Now back to the episode. So let's hear from our podcast friends, Disney podcast friends, about again. their favorite Star Wars memories uh, in the parks. This is going to be interesting. I think. Well, um, so when was the first time we went to Disney World in 2014? I was six, and I remember going to Star Tours and being really scared to ride it. And I remember um, one of the cast members said that if I ride the ride, he's going to give me a pack of Aurora stickers. I was like, that's a great deal. I'm going to go ride that ride and get <laughs> me some stickers. Nice, huh? All that for some stickers. Yeah. I was six. And when she was getting off the attraction, she made sure to go and find that cast member and get her stickers. But now I love Star Tours. I remember when I was little, I also said that I wanted to marry Darth Vader. Yes, she did. She, We went on a cruise, and her favorite dress she wore almost every night was a Darth Vader dress, and Darth Vader glowed in the dark. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do actually has nothing to do with the attraction, but on the side, they have the speeder bike. And I really love every year for all of us to stop, get on the speeder bike, and take the pictures, especially the girls, because I like to go back and see how much they have grown. That's one of the spots people talk about Disney. They take a picture of their kids every year to see the growth, and that's one of my spots. Okay, good answer. Brooklyn? Mine is when stormtroopers interact with the guests. It's like really fun sometimes. Especially when you're going to do the character meet and greets. Yeah. And then, like, to tell you, like, move along or... Things like, like that. Yeah. Like, like that. the stormtroopers are, like, all over Hollywood. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of watching and kind of gardening. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I haven't seen some by Tower of Terror. Yep, that's right. They just kind of hang out in that area. Yeah. So what about you? My favorite is I enjoy seeing the March of the First Order, which is awesome down Hollywood Boulevard because you get to see Phasma and all the troopers lined up coming down the street. And they play the music, and it's just, it's chilling to watch. And I just, mm -hmm. I love seeing, it's just a really fun experience. Uh, some of the meet and greets are some of my favorite experiences, especially when you can get some of your favorite characters. My personal favorite is meeting Chewbacca. I got to meet Chewie a couple of years back in Disneyland at their launch base station. It was actually the first thing we did when we got there. <laughs> I was so excited and nervous, but when I went with my husband, who is the biggest Star Wars nerd, he was so flabbergasted meeting Chewie, he couldn't even speak and didn't understand Chewie, so I had to translate for Chewie to my husband. <laughs> 
Um, he definitely has the best hugs. I got to hug a Wookiee. I can say that and put it on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, he, meeting Chewie was probably my favorite experience. When we did one of the first Star Wars guided tours in the Disneyland studios, I think that was super fun and memorable. First of all, it had way more information mm-hmm. than I expected coming from uh, that park. And it was a, a lot of fun. Um, they did a great job of keeping everything in themed. Even where we had lunch, we got to meet new people, but didn't feel like it was an awkward situation mm-hmm. with people we didn't know. When we did it, as I mentioned, it was one of the first ones. I think it was within the first month. It was definitely within, it was in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And at that time, they actually had the uh, dessert party included. So we really benefited from having the entire experience. And, And that was fun. As I mentioned, it was a guided tour. So we got some backstage not just information, but getting on star tours in a very unique way mm-hmm. and seeing from a different perspective, hearing about how the Disney company and Lucasfilms kind of their history together and how it just developed. And hey, dessert party with fireworks. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I, I love the tour. That was great too. I'm going to go to Disneyland. Um, some of the couple of things I I really liked when they had the season of the forest at Disneyland Park, uh, the Disneyland Resort. Uh, can just Star Wars took over Tomorrowland. Of course, Star Tours right. is already there, but they opened up the launch bay as well at that time. There had the Path of the Jedi opened up, which right. is kind of fun. But really, my favorite thing that happened out there was when last year they did Disneyland After Dark Star Wars Night, which was so cool. <laughs> they had a, a Star Wars fireworks spectacular with music. They had events, meet and greets with all sorts of different characters, including some from Rebels and uh, you know all sorts of different photo areas as well and with just a lot of people came out all the guests came out in costumes and it was really cool and it was May 3rd into May the 4th so it was May the 4th be with you Star right Wars Day so yeah it was a, like it was just the perfect way to ring in Star Wars Day it was really really fun right that was a good one and if I recall the they had like a parade at the end and it actually had people who were just dressed in costumes, right. you know, participate. So it was, it was really, that was a good one. Yeah. It was fun. Like you said, to ring in Star Wars Day at the Disneyland Resort. Really enjoyed that Very one. That was a lot so. of fun. So This is really simple, but it was so meaningful and it came at Hollywood Studios and it was just the first time we saw stormtroopers marching in formation down the road. Oh my goodness, that was so incredible. It was like it was straight from the movie. And this is a movie I grew up watching, and now my son loves Star Wars. And there we were on the sidewalk watching stormtroopers march down the road in formation. And there were, I don't know how many, there were a couple dozen. Man, it was so cool to see. This happened recently. Uh, this, this happened to Kit and I. Uh, we went on Star Tours. We went on the ride. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, the, the ship landed and we were getting ready to get off. And then the cast member came in and said, Hey, guess what? You guys get to go again. They let some people off that didn't want to go in or go again. And, uh, everybody who wanted to stay on did. And we did. And we got to ride that one, uh, that one twice. So. I was jealous. She was totally jealous. I was sitting off with the other three kids. <laughs> well, but you got to go on after because we did rider swap. But uh... yeah, but I only got to go once. <laughs> but what was your favorite uh, Star Wars experience <laughs> in the parks? Um, so I think I'm going to have to go with the uh, Jedi Training Academy. 
particularly the time when our daughter was about six or so and she did it. And, you know, they, they put the little Jedi robes on the kids and they give them a lightsaber and everything. So it was her turn to go up in battle. Now, when she was younger, she was always dressed as a princess. And at this particular time, she was wearing an Elsa dress. <laughs> and the Jedi master says, are you nervous? It's okay. You can do it. Just let it go. And the whole crowd busted up laughing because, you know, <laughs> let it go. Yeah. And she's Elsa. Yeah. Right, it was right. hilarious. Didn't we get that on video? We did. And oh, so with Kits, if if this is the one that I think he's going to talk about, this was also one that Megan wasn't on the ship for. I don't get to go on that one very much because he always wants to go with you. <laughs> and he's the only one who will write it. Regardless, Kit, what was your favorite uh, Star Wars moment at the when parks? When I was the rebel spy. You were the rebel spy? Yep. Yeah, tell me about that. What happened? Um... I can't remember. <laughs> no, but basically, uh, your, your picture, picture showed up, huh? Your picture showed up on the screen, and uh, and they were looking for you, and you were the rebel spy. Mm-hmm. I would have to say one of my favorite Star Wars experiences I've had in the parks recently was interacting with the stormtroopers in the studios. It was really fun to watch McKenna and Garrett interact with the stormtroopers, and the stormtroopers kind of play off of them. That was really cool. I have to say, of course, a personal highlight of mine was getting the chance to meet Chewbacca and get a big Chewbacca hug in there. You know, I kind of feel like I'm a little bit of a distant cousin of Chewie myself, being a bit of a furry guy. And so it was nice to have a bit of a family reunion there. That was quite a exciting moment for me. I love it whenever the stormtroopers walk around Hollywood Studios, like the Launch Bay area in an animation courtyard, and kind of... The March of the First Order? No, 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 no. They, like, kind of mess with everybody. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they kind of just, like, like, uh, the citizen, they call them citizens, and, and, uh, um, they just kind of mess with the, the cast members. I always think that's so funny. I think that's something we're going to see more and more when the, the land opens, but I always think that that's fun. I do enjoy that. I put um, Star Wars Launch Bay over in Hollywood Studios uh, just because, you know, you get to actually interact with the, you know, I know the people in suits, but you get to interact with the characters. There's so much stuff you can look at in there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just if you if you really like Star Wars, you know, up until when Galaxy's Edge opens, it's a great place to just get pictures. I mean, you could spend as much time as you wanted in there just kind of wandering around. So. Uh, my favorite is actually a Jedi Training Academy. With the... Yeah. With the little kids. Yeah. And the reason for this... Yes. This is an attraction I've never participated in because it was uh, introduced after I had aged out... Right. ...of being a reasonable uh, age to do something like this. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite re- uh, thing about this is uh, it's so exciting to see kids um, experience this kind of cool... Uh, you know, like the, the Jedi Academy, um, mm-hmm. and and I can look at them and see how much fun they're having, and think about how cool that would have been, and how much that would have meant to me um, as a kid that age, a kid who loved Star Wars, to be able to do. It's like such a neat little experience to like feel like you're learning how to be a Jedi, right? You know, fight the bad guys and swing your lightsaber at Darth Vader and stuff. Yeah, I think that's a cool opportunity to take Absolutely. down Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. 
And he's so nice to, to like, sit there and let you whack at him <laughs> with, with the lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, you get great moments like uh, the famous video of the, the little, I think it's the little girl, who uh, he's like, you know, bow to me. And, and she does. And she's like, I will join the dark side. And, I, the, and the staff is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> there's, also, uh, there's also a famous clip where... Um, I, I guess it's Darth Vader. I think that's what it was. Where like he swings and like the lightsaber just flies. Uh huh. It's just gone. Um, it's fun. It's a fun show. You it's never really know what's cool. gonna happen. Uh, what about you? Um, I I have to say Star Tours. Okay. I just love that ride so much. I love the the randomness of it. Um, I love that it's updated whenever the new films come out with oh, the absolutely. characters. That was the biggest surprise. Um, whenever I went in just after The Force Awakens had come out. Mm-hmm. And there I see my friends like Poe and Finn helping me out on Star Tours, especially after The Last Jedi that just came out. Right. Last, we were like, a couple of years ago. We, yeah, were, we were there just, right when that movie was coming out. Right whenever they had it was just coming out. updated it with like Poe and, and on in, Crate. Yeah. In one of the scenes from the film. Right, which, which is, I hadn't seen yet, so, like, spoilers. Come on, guys. <laughs> but it's so cool to be in that scene. I kind of wanted to go back into the movie and, like, try and spot a Star Tours, you know, vehicle. Right, what an but Easter egg that would be. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know, that's just such a cool experience. My favorite experience was when I was riding it at Disneyland, and I was selected to be the Rebel Spy. I never get selected for anything except last. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, because usually I think when they're looking for who the Rebel Spy is going to be, it's I'm fumbling with my seatbelt. But uh, what, what's your favorite experience on Star Tours? Oh. Or any Star Wars experience. And uh, I mean, I, yeah, well, I, I enjoyed the first time I got to be the Rebel Spy, too. The, it has not happened since the, the very first time when it happened. And that was on the day that it, it actually opened up uh, as the adventure continues. Because we ended up riding it, uh, the group I was there with, I think we rode Star Tours like 11 or 12 times that day. Because we just wanted to see every single scene that we could and it, it took a while to actually to get it all nailed down and so it was only a matter of time before everyone in our group was picked as a rebel spy at some point mm-hmm. but uh, I that's that's tough uh, I think my favorite going along with Star Tours uh, uh, my favorite experience one that I wish would happen more often and not just for special events but uh, like when I was traveling in the 90s, one of my favorite pictures I, I have outside of Star Tours was me getting to meet the Ewoks. And uh. obviously growing up, you know, it's when I was that young, uh, I probably would have told you that the Return of the Jedi was my favorite Star Wars movie because of the Ewoks. And then watching the, the two standalone Ewok movies as well, uh, that that had a huge impact on me. So uh, I, I love any time they're out and about at, at Walt Disney World and I'm able to meet them. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. often. Uh, last time it happened was for uh, one of the Disney Vacation Club uh, Moonlight Magic events. Uh, at Hollywood Studios, and that was that was awesome. And yeah, any any time I get to to meet Ewoks in the parks, I am so so happy. Oh, great! Your favorite characters are Ewoks. I, I thought it'd be the Porgs. It, it, I do like <laughs> Porgs too. Don't get me wrong; I I love the Porgs. I know most oh. people probably found them annoying, but I enjoyed them. 
All right. Awesome stories. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out part one if you haven't listened to it right above this episode in the feed or below Ooh. it, depending how your feed sorts. And then check out the next episode coming up, part three, where we talk about Galaxy's Edge. And again, special thanks to our friends from the Disney DNA podcast, Cassie from Disflix and Tidbits podcast, Dingus Bringus from YouTube, the Hyperion Adventures podcast, Jody Mayberry, Go Mouse Scouts podcast, the Monday Morning Monorail podcast, Love of the Mouse podcast, Capture the Magic, Kingdom of the Kingdom, and Connecting with Walt podcast. Thank you all for contributing, for helping us out. Uh, we really appreciate it. Be sure everyone go subscribe to their podcast, listen, follow them on Twitter, a great group of people. I'll have all the links in the show notes. Follow them. Be sure to check out DisneyDiscussions.com. We have all of our show notes on there, yeah. our past episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us, uh, rate us, and review us wherever you listen to our show. That really helps us out and helps other people find us. If you're on any social media and people are asking, hey, what podcast should I listen to? We would really appreciate you mentioning our podcast. That would be great. Thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next time for all about Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. May the force be with you. Always. Aloha. <laughs> well, I thought we already had aloha. Bum 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 bum.